0: Thank <music> you. You're listening to the National Secular Society podcast, hosted by Emma Park. Today I'm going to be talking to Maddie Bridgman and Sam Fitzsimmons, two representatives from the Integrated Education Fund. This is a charity in Northern Ireland that promotes a school system which is not divided by denomination into Catholic and Protestant schools, but instead is inclusive, welcoming all religious and cultural backgrounds. I'll be discussing the particular problems which Northern Ireland is facing in reforming its education system and why it matters. I'm joined now by Maddie Bridgman and Sam Fitzsimmons of the Integrated Education Fund in Northern Ireland. Maddie and Sam, could you perhaps start by taking us through um, a bit of the background. Um, What's the current situation with religious divisions in Northern Ireland? Just to remind us all of of where we've got to um, and how is it affecting education in particular? Okay.
1: Um, The the education system in Northern Ireland is fairly complex, um, both in a religiously segregated way and also in a socio economic. Uh, segregation. Uh, when the state was founded in 1921, uh, the then education minister wanted to establish a single non-denominational education system. Uh, that was opposed by the main churches within Northern Ireland. And in 1922, the idea of a single system is dropped uh, in favour of uh, secular or segregated education with the Catholic churches taking responsibility for the teaching of Catholic children and the Protestant churches taking responsibility for the education of Protestant children. That has existed uh, without change for coming on 100 years now. The integrated education movement was established by parents uh, in 1975 when they decided that they wanted an education, a school model that would uh, educate children of both traditions and of others. Um, it has been parents who have been driving this campaign and uh, today the IEF uh, supports parents and schools who want uh, uh, integrated provision in their area. Figures there are are that 90% of our schools are pretty much uh, either one tradition or another, with just under 8% of children going to integrated schools.
0: So just under 8% of children at integrated schools at the moment. And so when when was the um, Integrated Education Fund founded? Was that immediately in 1975
1: or was that a bit later? No, that came much later. That came in 1992. Um, As a result of parents... uh, literally having to financially fund the establishment of integrated schools. Uh, a number of foundations felt that it was important to provide them with a financial foundation. But we take away the responsibility of having to raise the finances to establish this good. So that's why the integrated education fund is established.
0: And Do you receive government funding or any outside funding? No, we're absolutely a charity um, reliant
2: on donations. I mean, just to fill a little bit more of the background that when integrated schools were first set up from scratch, they had to prove their viability and then eventually the government would step in and fund them. So, I mean, integrated schools are not private schools or anything in that sense. Um, But there was this gap of a year or two of having to prove that there's demand in the area and the school was functioning well and meeting all the requirements of being a government-funded school. And that was where parents, I mean, some of them remortgaged houses and took out huge loans and things like that um, just to see that their children could be in
0: schools that met their desire for cross-community education. Sure. So what what exactly is the purpose of of an integrated school? Is it it the desire to sort of um, have a, a... Sort of common religious teaching for for children of different faiths. So, how exactly does it work?
2: Well, well, I think a lot of people see it as that very basic Catholics and Protestants together in the classroom, and that was the the initial impetus, if you like. Um, but it's more than just simply mixing two people who go to different churches or two groups of people who go to different churches. It's a lot more about um, an ethos and an environment of respect and and somewhere you can explore different views and different histories and cultures. And certainly in in the sort of best practice, it would include a range of sports, music, literature, and perspectives of all sorts. Um, And Northern Ireland is changing as well a lot um, in terms of demographics. Uh, It was... Because, well, obviously, really, because of the history of the Troubles, there wasn't a great migration into Northern Ireland for several decades. But the culture is becoming much more diverse. So it's much more than just bringing Catholic and Protestant children together. The integrated schools are ideally placed to, to welcome people from all backgrounds and traditions and all
0: faiths and none. So what, uh, what sort of percentage of children today would you say are, are neither Catholic nor Protestant in Northern Ireland? Well,
2: census figures would show that that section is growing nearly a third. People would actually not not want to identify themselves with one culture or another. However much they might see their background privately is very much, I think, a movement now of people saying, you know, we actually don't want to declare for one side or another. We're Northern Irish. We want to get on with being together. And, so- um I think not, um, integrated schools are certainly not about airbrushing uh, out people's culture and background, but I think there is a section of the population who is saying, can we deal with the here and now rather than you know, the history or the church my parents went to or something like that. So people want to move on?
1: That would be the indication from successive opinion polls. Right. Uh, over the last 20 years, there has been an annual uh, attitudinal survey carried out by independent polling companies. And they consistently say that 70 to 80% of the population would support their school becoming integrated. Now, the the challenge there for parents is uh, because government doesn't plan for integrated provision, it is left to parents to um, build or, or transform their school into an integrated school. And that's a challenge for uh, parents um, because it really takes political will and political leadership uh, to deliver uh, on, on the aspirations of those parents who would like to see integrated provision in their area. Um, and the IEF are working um, tirelessly to uh, to present the voices of young people and communities and parents uh to government in a number of ways uh to get schools transformed but we still very much are dependent on political political leadership so it's a bit
0: uh, of an uphill struggle for you at the moment
1: it is yes because there are there is an argument there that it serves vested interests well to maintain the status quo of separate education Um, Now, there are a number of uh, vested interests involved in this. We have one of the most complex administrative systems in the delivery of education that there could possibly be. Uh, We have a planning authority uh, for what is de facto Protestant schools, a planning authority for Catholic and schools, and we have nine separate sector support bodies um, supporting various models of schools. There clearly is an understanding and an acknowledgement by politicians that uh, we need a more effective and efficient education system. Uh, but it has taken quite a bit of time for them to reach that that conclusion.
0: Well, how does the law support the status quo, and is Segregated education favoured by the legal system as it stands at the moment or the laws currently in place?
1: It's much more a case of uh, the embedded structures within our system. Uh, when when uh, our education system was established in 1921 22, um, we, we built in segregation into the institutions uh, and we haven't. Uh, change those institutions, or for that matter, um, the way we deliver education in the last 100 years.
2: It's more, yeah, it's policy rather than law. In fact, um, there is a statutory duty for the Department of Education to um, encourage and facilitate the development of integrated education, but it's really having the the policy structures and the, uh, the ministers in place to actually promote that and make sure that that is being done.
1: Just just to add to to what Mabby said, um, the the statutory duty has been in place from 1989 and in 2014 an integrated school had to take a high court um, case uh, because the Department of Education wouldn't let it expand its numbers so it was failing to encourage and facilitate integrated education. The department failed in, in challenging that um, that court ruling. Really. And I, I guess we, we are seeing some change uh, in how the Department of Education um, is delivering on uh, integrated education. But there is such a long way to go in terms of, as Maddie pointed out, putting in policies that will make that happen.
0: Is there a worry that um, having more integrated education and, and less segregated education will um, be a politically difficult or will, will stir up troubles among people of different religious backgrounds in Northern Ireland?
2: I, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say that people fear it will stir up trouble, but I think, yes, there are certainly political parties who look at who they perceive would be their um, supporters and start saying, oh, well, we'll be seen to be kind of in some way urging them to abandon their loyalties and their backgrounds, which, as I've said, if, you, if you're visiting an integrated school and saw what happened in the classroom, that is absolutely not what it's about. But I think certainly for political parties, some of them see it as problematic.
0: Maddie, actually, on that point, let's talk a bit more about what actually happens in integrated schools. How is religion taught in integrated schools and how does that differ from the way it's taught in segregated schools? Well,
2: there is a statutory um, curriculum in Northern Ireland, just as there is elsewhere in the UK, that is actually drawn up by the four main churches, Protestants and Catholic, but Christian. And so all schools, whether they're Irish, medium, Protestant, grammar, Catholic or um, integrated, have to follow that curriculum with certain options within it. Um, the integrated primary schools would um, follow standards, again, Christian Bible based uh, Uh, re syllabus but they would also offer faith formation classes to children of the catholic faith who wish to avail of that and um post-primary again there is you know it's leading towards usually public exams so again there would be that um standard curriculum but what i would find in integrated schools is that they are open to discussion of different perspectives on that
0: And, and in segregated schools is that not the case um I've been a governor of an integration
1: school, not a. Perhaps maybe the difference between a school which is predominantly one traditional community and the, and the other, uh, and integrated schools, is that within a single tradition school there is only one narrative being heard, and that that narrative is dictated by the ethos of the school. In integrated schools. Um there are various narratives taking place not just in the classroom but also in in staff rooms and in playing grounds where, where young people children and young people are learning about each other, uh, 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 learning about their differences and also celebrating their differences. That just doesn't happen within a single traditional school.
0: It's is it um how, how do children find these different schools? Have you had feedback from children on their parents as to um, the the advantages of going to an integrated school? Does it have a long-term benefit to them in terms of um, integrating with children from different backgrounds?
1: It's an interesting question, Anna, because there is the beginnings of some academic research um, over this last couple of years, which are showing evidence that children who go to integrated schools are much more confident in their own culture and traditions and much more confident in being able to uh, engage with others of a different background. Um, one study by mm-hmm. Professor Stringer uh, at University of Ulster. He carried a 10-year longitudinal study, which looked at children who went to a controlled school, which is a de facto Protestant school, and Tane school and an integrated school. And the conclusions from that 10-year study was that uh, children who went to an integrated school were much better prepared for the outside world Mm. and in in particular for the growing globalisation of of industry and commerce.
2: I think as well what we're seeing, um, slightly more anecdotal level, is that there is an organisation of alumni of past pupils of integrated schools and they're very vocal in saying how they felt that type of education has benefited them as they've gone out into the world. One thing several of them have said is they didn't really realise it was just where they went to school. And it was only actually when they moved on and met other people from other schools and other backgrounds that they realised they were very, very fortunate to be in this. Unfortunately, still a minority of people, but who have access to that interaction and that sort of um, broad-minded exploration of
0: a variety of perspectives. Sure. And what about parents? Are you getting any anecdotal feedback from them?
2: I think again yes parents who probably went through the system several years ago and are now often said well I, I didn't even know much about integrated education but I was determined my children weren't going to go to the same sort of school I did I, maybe I didn't meet somebody from a different um denomination until I left school at 18 and um so that's a growing movement as well
0: and what about um the recruitment of teachers how does that differ in a segregated from an integrated school
2: Well, all schools in Northern Ireland, there is um, equality legislation in Northern Ireland governing employment and services and all sorts of aspects. That doesn't apply to schools in any sense. Um, There is also fair employment legislation, particularly targeting, um, well, originally to target discrimination on religious grounds. Obviously, it also would cover race and sexuality and gender and things. Uh, Teachers are exempt from that. And that would cover, again, all schools in Northern Ireland. And that's both at primary
0: and secondary level. Yes, yes.
2: Now, in integrated schools, they would strive to have a a balanced representation on their staff and their board um, and obviously in their pupils from all sections of the community.
0: Sure. So do you have to be a practising Protestant or Catholic to attend um, a controlled or maintained school, respectively? To attend or to to to, to Sorry, to to work there as a teacher.
2: Mm, Well... Some of the uh, research from most University who are carrying out a project looking at barriers to a more unified, integrated system has found that uh, although it wasn't necessarily 100% awareness of this exception to employment, the reality is that people tend to stick within their own sort of cultural background when they're applying for jobs and also when they're recruiting other people, that it's still very much in the culture. Again, you do hear stories of uh, people who have maybe a, a local priest or minister as a referee more likely to get a job than somebody who doesn't. That would be very anecdotal and possibly you'd hope is certainly in the minority. But I think there is still very much a culture on governing bodies in the controlled and maintained schools that uh, churches have a lot of influence in every aspect of the school.
0: Right, so would, would members of the, the respective church sit on the governing body, for example? Absolutely. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah. Right. And just, how- just to add to that, when we talk about the segregated nature of our education system it is uh, structural we we have in control schools we have representatives from the Protestant churches uh, on the boards and within Catholic schools we have clergy from the Catholic church on school boards and that really is to to ensure that the uh, various ethos are, are uh, embedded
0: within the system, rather than schools, should I say? Right. Um, do people? You said that about a third of um, people in Northern Ireland probably uh, um, don't want to see themselves as being particularly identifying with one um, church or the other. Um, what What happens to them? Do they still have to, nonetheless, go to a Protestant or a Catholic school? Well, certainly, if there isn't an integrated school near them,
2: then yes. They do. Um, I think, again, Catholic-Protestant is sort of an easy shorthand for people. Um, It's not necessarily to do with what church you go to. It's a lot to do with how you see yourself culturally, British or Irish, um, and from generations of the culture in your family. But as I say, although there are lots of people saying we want to look beyond that, um, I think you would tend to then, if you didn't have the choice of an integrated school, say, well, where does my child going to feel more comfortable?
0: Right. So then... It leaves you further segregated. So they're being forced um, to, to go to a segregated school just because there's not really any alternative at, at the moment? I, I
1: suppose yeah. forced is well, perhaps the word that we would use. Um, right. What we would say is that uh, they are left with no choice uh, sure. other than to go to a controlled Argentine school. Because there is no planning for integrated education that has been established by parents. There are 65 integrated schools. Therefore, it just the, the options and the choices aren't there for people. So they, they will fall back into uh, where their, their community um, would send their, their children to the school, the nearest school.
0: Okay. You, you've got about 8% of schools integrated so far, you said. So what are you doing now to, to increase that number? How is it going in terms of your... your um where, where the IEF is going at the moment?
2: Well, I, I think when we talked a bit about the history of the movement we talked about schools being started from scratch but there is yep. another way that a school that parents can access integrated education again it's not a simple overnight process but you can go through there's a process called transformation where a school from a, a different sector a different model of governance and management becomes an integrated school that can only happen with parental support. It has to have parental support. And um, parents have to vote on whether they want to take that step. Now, the Integrated Education Fund with our sister organisation, which is an arm's length government body for integrated schools and see, have been um, promoting a campaign for parents to register uh, in confidence online their interest in bringing integration to their local school. And um, on the basis of that, then reaching out to schools in areas which have shown a lot of interest in integrated education and talked to the governors, talked to principals and staff and parents about the possibility of taking this path. This year, we've seen six successful ballots in primary and nursery schools where parents have said, yes, we want to start this process. Um, Unfortunately, it could be a year and a half before That process sees any results. So obviously, there will be some parents there that have moved on, but they want to see integrated education in their
0: area, and I think that's a very strong message that's coming out from this this campaign. So, in terms of um, increasing that, are you trying to raise awareness among parents at different schools um, for um, the importance of transforming a a segregated school into an integrated school?
2: It's not really telling them the importance. It's more, as, as Sam has said, a series of surveys conducted by different organisations or different polling bodies Mm -hmm. has found overwhelming support for integrated education. And um, we're raising awareness of people that if you haven't got access locally to an integrated school, you can bring integration into the area, into an existing school, into your own school. Um, Obviously, a a priority for parents is a good school, sure, whether academically, pastorally, um, sports and cultural facilities and ideally local and accessible to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you totally endorse that, but that could become a better school by being an integrated school, offering all those aspects of quality education to the whole community. And, um, giving, if you like, the added value of a diverse classroom and that experience for young people. So the Integrate My School campaign, which is an online website, but with a lot of community engagement and outreach work, it's not telling parents that this is important, it's telling them what we see as the benefits, but also saying if this is something you would like for your school, you can bring it, you can, along with other parents, start the push for this to happen.
0: Um, And are you getting a positive response to um, the campaign so far?
2: Uh, very good, yes.
1: Pretty much the six or seven schools that are balloted this year alone have yeah. been generated through that IMS campaign um, both uh, sort of community outreach and uh, <coughs> parental engagement. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the challenge that we have, we're a small charity and uh, we're being asked or taking the role of what the Department of Education should be doing. Uh, And, you know, obviously it's a case of we're an independent charity that has to raise the money to resource this campaign. Uh, What we would like to see is the Department of Education and the planning authorities, the Education Authority and the Catholic Council for Maintained Schools uh, doing this work rather than an independent charity.
0: And what, what's been the um, Department for Education's response so far? Why have they been dragging their heels?
1: As they say, their role is not to promote any particular sector. Uh, their role is to encourage and facilitate. And I would sort of go back to, in 2014, uh, how we had to uh, take a high court case against the Department of Education for failing to encourage and facilitate
0: so in, in the future, are you, are you challenging the Department for Education again? How are you trying to get them to change their mind?
1: That, that is an ongoing engagement with the Department of Education. Equally, we're also engaging uh, at high levels with our local politicians uh, to make them aware of the demand that there is out there for integrated education and equally to make them aware of uh, the, the economic and um, financial benefits of an education system. Because in essence, what we do is we have approximately 50,000 empty school desks out there and, you know, many of the schools, small schools could be merged and become an integrated school. And, and it's, it has the benefits of not just being economically um, advantageous, but also, in terms of social cohesion and reconciliation, if our children are being taught side by side in the same classroom, it, it diminishes the need for that them and us uh, narrative that we have currently in Northern
0: Ireland. And is that them and us narrative still um, sort of a real fact of life in Northern Ireland, um, even today? It is in the political arena as we're seeing
2: in yet another election period. Right. Uh, it's not necessarily part of everyday life. You just look out of the window here and see the people going about their business. I don't think there is that sort of same them and us mentality. Um, there, I'm sure there would be some elements of it, but I think they're very much the minority, but we have a slight problem in that I think politicians like to kind of revive that because then they're marking out their own territory in terms of political party. The other issue we have here, of course, is the assembly hasn't sat for several years and yet we haven't got direct rule from Westminster and education is a devolved matter. We don't have an education minister. So while we can work with the politicians to suggest what their policy should be and how it would be quite acceptable to majority of their voters and would not threaten anybody and would actually be economic sense, etc., etc., to actually start making structural changes, we need a minister in place. So who is, in
0: fact, in charge of education if there isn't a minister?
2: Well, civil servants are, but there's a limit to what powers they have. Um, I said structural changes can't be. It's more sort of statutory changes. You need an assembly to vote on them, a minister to introduce them.
0: And are you the only charity dealing with this issue in Northern Ireland at the moment, or are there any others?
2: Yes, no, we are. We are the charity for it.
0: The only one. Wow. (laughs) So where do you see... um, this going in the future, how would you like to see your campaign developing? Obviously, get, get some more um, schools um, undergoing the transformation process, but um, where, where, where do you want to go next? I guess
1: there are two strands to what we're doing, and that is to support parents and schools who want to transform to integrated status. The other element of it is we need a fundamental wooden branch review of how we deliver education. In Northern Ireland, uh, and we are working with the political parties uh, to carry out, uh, or at least put it in as a policy in the next programme for government, that they will carry out a root and branch review to address the issues. For example, the federal exception of teachers, uh, the cost of division, uh, the amount of settled support bodies we have, in an overly bloated. Uh, administrative system, Uh, the the long tail of underachievement in our schools, because money is going to maintaining institutions rather than where it's needed, and that is in the classroom. And that that will be the the two key aims for uh, the Integrated Education Fund going forward.
0: Do you think that um, the the religious division among the segregated education system has an effect on academic achievement in schools?
1: It's, it's an interesting question because uh, there is some work that has been carried out in relation to uh, young Protestant boys underachieving, um, but th- th- that that long tail of underachievement I, I think is is a broader uh, issue uh, because not only do we have segregation in terms of religion, but we also have a, a, a uh, grammar system, a selection system in Northern Ireland, which segregates uh, children at the age of 11 and sends them to grammar schools and, and non-selective schools. So there's a whole host of um, elements which, which are feeding into the, the levels of underachievement in Northern Ireland. But certainly whilst we uh, maintain duplicating resources and therefore... Uh, finances being split uh, in maintaining a dual system uh, it's certainly the money's not going where it's needed.
0: Sure so basically the idea is you have more smaller schools to to preserve the segregation rather than having larger schools which could be integrated. Yes
2: um that's exactly right, although I would say, in point as the latest briefing paper from Ulster University shows, even merging some of these schools does not mean you're going to get a huge school. You would still have the advantage of a, a local kind of family feeling school in a rural area. So we're not suggesting so everything merges into big monster kind of exam factories or anything like that. There would still very much be schools where, um, where parents are involved. That's part of the integrated ethos as well, that parents have a lot of say in the governance and running of schools and that um, can still meet local
0: needs. In, in the integrated ethos, which you've been talking a lot about, is there, is there still a religious element? And if so, how does it fit in? Well, there has to be a religious
2: element because, as we've said, there is the the statutory re, and yeah. the same as elsewhere in the UK, statutory yeah. worship. So, um, and we have to say as well, the first integrated school was set up by people with a sort of Christian impulse, saying we don't like this image that the the, the troubles are about Catholics versus Protestants. We actually want to show that we can work together, and that we do have a lot in common. Um, I mean, that was the first school back in 1981. There are other schools, obviously, have come since then, and. Um, So, yes, there has to be a religious element in it that way. Sure, but it's just not um, solely one denomination. Absolutely, yes. I mean, that first integrated school, which is still going, they have two chaplains, Catholic and Protestant.
0: I see. And just very finally, um, my last question is really about how how does – Education provision in Northern Ireland compare with elsewhere in Europe. Is there anywhere that that has a similar issue? Are you looking to any other country as a model for what your education system should be like?
1: We we would suggest that that would be uh, where an independent commission would look at uh, what what's best out there. We I mean, we know there are there. Are, our systems like in Finland and other Scandinavian countries, which in terms of PISA uh, results tend to do far better than uh, Northern Ireland and and the rest of Great Britain. But this very much is why we need a root and branch uh, review of our education system, so as we can uh, create a vision uh, and an education system which is fit for the 21st century.
0: Sure. Um, are, are, are there any other s- countries in Europe, which, would you say, which have similar problems with segregated education, or is this very much um, yeah, um, specific to Northern absolutely. Ireland?
1: Absolutely. If, if you look at the Balkans, the likes of Bosnia, Burstina, uh, and um, Cyprus, uh, there, there are many countries in Europe which are in a post conflict um, <coughs> society and um, are looking at education. Um, for, for ways of reconciliation and, and bringing communities together. So there are a number of examples out there that are probably more segregated than they are in modern land, uh, uh, and, and there are some that are less segregated in modern Ireland.
0: Sure, but maybe, maybe Scandinavia would be a potential model um, in the long term. Perhaps, yes. But I think, yeah, we'd need sort of
2: an outside view of that or an independent view to look at um, the different possible models here and what would best suit Northern Ireland. And I think it might actually, again, be a Northern Ireland model.
0: Right. <laughs> Something to, to suit your particular character of, of the, the way the country is developed. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so, Maddie Bridgman and Sam Fitzsimmons, thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. That was episode 21 of the National Secular Society podcast, hosted by Emma Park. If you would like to help us challenge religious privilege and support freedom of and from religion in Britain today, why not become a member of the NSS? Full details are on our website at secularism.org.uk forward slash podcast. If you like this podcast, you can find more episodes and more information about this episode on the website. Thanks for listening.